Hello, photography lovers. It's me, Virginia, and you're listening to the Fashion Photography Podcast. As you know, we love our fans. And that's why we started an interview section on our blog on photographypodcast.net, where every month we interview one of you for our blog. This month, we're having Sophie as our fan feature. But if you want to be the next one, all you have to do is to be active on our Facebook group and also on our Instagram. You can find links for both of them in our show notes. In this episode of the Fashion Photography Podcast, we are meeting a brand new guest. His name is Matt. He is a breathtaking photographer and he's been through some great journeys during his career. So there are lots of things that we are ready to discuss. For example, the anxiety before a photo shoot. Why so many photographers are control freaks. And in addition to that, he's going to share with us his advice on what to do if you're stuck in a city without a fashion. We talk about nude photos and how to make your model feel comfortable. We know that you love our show because of all your amazing reviews on iTunes. And if you haven't left yours yet and you want to spread the love, now is the time. Also, don't forget to take a look at the website of our friends from Lucy's Magazine. The link is in the show notes. And if you have a fashion or beauty editorial that you would like to share with the world, Lucy is the right place. And now it's time for a podcast. Hello, my name is Matthew Joel Easton, but uh, known as Matt Easton in the photography world. What do you do? <laughs> I'm a photographer. I predominantly base my work within fashion, celebrity and the beauty side of photography. London is where I was born and it's where I've worked the majority of my life. And in the last three years, I made the decision to uh, move to New York. I wanted an adventure and I wanted to be inspired. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But there you'll have to find your new team. Correct. I left London after I had assisted. So I felt like it was a natural point in my career where I needed to be inspired and to help to freshen things up, to challenge myself. That was worth the challenge of finding a new team just because you need to put yourself outside of your comfort zone and constantly challenge yourself on a daily basis and I didn't think I would have done that in London. I'm in London now, I come back to London once a month for clients and for work so I think I have the best of both worlds. It sounds like you're not afraid at all. <laughs> no, I think you can't show fear in this industry. I, I, I think it's one of the problems. People are scared of showing their fear. Oh, that's a very interesting topic actually. Have you ever been afraid during a photo shoot? I always suffer with nerves. I'm never afraid while I'm on set, but I always have butterflies or <laughs> a, a fear of nerves the night before. I'm a control freak. So going, you know, the night before, going over in your head, making sure you've got the right equipment prepped, the right references prepped, making sure that the model's flight has arrived, arrived on time and there's going to be no holdups. There's always an element of uncontrollable change which can happen. And I think that's what makes me scared or nervous the night before the shoot. But once everybody's there, once we've got the lights set up, there's no fear at all. It's, uh, it's all fun. We're, we're very privileged to be doing what we're doing. So we should all do it with a smile on our face. And at the end of the day, the goal is to make beautiful images. It's very funny. We should probably rename the show to Control Freak. <laughs> yes. I... Since most of the photographers are control freaks, including oh. me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I 
we're creatures of nature and I think we're all control freaks. I think every artist is a control freak. In addition to that, at the end of the project, everything is coming out of your name. So it has to be perfect. I think this is ending up to this control freak situation. Yeah, it's true. At the very beginning, I wasn't necessarily easy with that because it's a collaboration. You choose a stylist because you trust their style. You choose a hair and a makeup because you trust their hair and their makeup. They are the talented ones. I'm the talented one with lights and with camera. But at the end of the day, you're right. It all falls on the photographer's head. But it's for a reason. We're control freaks for a reason. <laughs> yeah, we are. I like collaborating. I'm a massive collaborator. But the photographer is the one that has the contract signed. The photographer is the one that has that communication with the client and the pressure of knowing what needs to be delivered. It's the photographer's responsibility to make sure that the model is comfortable, safe, beautiful. It's all down to the photographer, even though it is a collaboration. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a tricky one, but that's where a lot of pressure comes from. Regardless of the amount of people in the room, the amount of people that can pull this shoot together, that have the responsibility, the buck kind of lies and stops with the photographer at the end. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree to that. <laughs> It's very interesting for me that you said that you're a massive collaborator because I'm also very up for this. Maybe in the past you had a collaboration that you're sort of kind of regretting so we can actually learn something from everything, you know? Maybe we can learn even from your experience. There's nothing that I regret doing. I think there's things that I'm less proud of or I don't like the final outcome as much as other projects. I think we all have projects like this. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, think, I don't think I regret anything. When you're young and when you're starting out, a lot of editorials and a lot of magazines will force you to work with their style director, mm -hmm. their, their fashion editor. And these people aren't necessarily people that you would choose to work with in your own creative work. Or if you've been given the freedom to work with someone, they aren't maybe... You know, there's a big difference between a stylist that can create something and a stylist that can see a look on a runway and pull that look and just put it on a model. As a fashion photographer, the main word is fashion. And I think that's why stylists are so important to shoots. Absolutely. I know what I can do with light and I, I trust hair and I trust makeup. And I think something that can be a major contributor to the direction of where the shoot will go is the stylist. So I think there's some magazines where I've worked with stylists that aren't necessarily as creative as I would have liked them to have been. Or maybe there's been a miscommunication. Maybe I've miscommunicated with them what I was looking for. But I think it's important to make sure you communicate and get a really good stylist because therefore you've got all the ingredients to, to make a shoot successful. It's very interesting for me that you brought up this topic, actually, because um, I was just having a conversation like this a few days ago about those small countries where the fashion is not the main thing in the country, but people still want to be fashion photographers. Do you have any advices for those people that are stuck in the city without fashion? My best experience was assisting. And I think in today's age where social media, millennials, Instagram, people can build up a, an illusion of themselves, which isn't necessarily realistic to where they are in their career or where they want to go in their career. I would recommend everybody should take the opportunity to, to assist somebody because I think that's how you learn. And you don't just learn about how to take a picture, you learn how to talk to clients, you learn how to talk to art directors, you learn how to 
set up a studio so that a model feels safe, that she feels comfortable, that there's not, you know, 20 eyes looking at her as if she's an animal in a zoo. You have to privatize things. And I think these are things that I took for granted when I was assisting, but they are what has have helped me develop quickly as a young photographer. It's not just how to take a picture, but it's how to talk to everybody around you, how to work with everybody around you and get the best with everybody around you that is giving you a chance because you're working with people that are more experienced than you. If you're in a smaller European country or if you're in the middle of America where there isn't an opportunity, be adventurous and don't be scared. I would move to a city where photography is a bigger industry and I would try and assist somebody that you know inspires you that you're going to learn from and that will give you all the tools you need to then go down your own yellow brick road. I've also been insisting, and actually I think it's very, very important, exactly as you said, to assist someone that you just like as a person and also their work. Yeah, correct. Because I think depending on who you assist, you spend a lot of time with that person. Exactly. You travel the world, you're sharing flights, you're going to the studio, collecting their equipment, prepping their equipment. There has to be a level of trust. And if you don't trust or respect that, that person, you will struggle to do some of the things that that job entails. You know, it's not it's not a mm -hmm. nine to five job. The rules are bent a little bit in terms of hours. And it's not an easy job, but it's an exciting job. But if you don't respect that person, you're not going to enjoy your time with them. And I think it's very important that you enjoy your time assisting because otherwise you won't be learning much. I completely support that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. Because As you said, the hours are very different. So during my assisting years, I had times when I wake up at 6 a.m. to go to work at 7 and come back home at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. It is. Several times you mentioned that your models need to feel safe. Yeah. I really appreciate that. So tell us a bit more about the art of shooting naked women, because part of your portfolio is really dedicated to naked women. Yeah. And at the same time, they look so comfortable. The industry's changed massively. And I think 10, 15 years ago, photographers were photographing women and making them a fantasy. And I think now when you look at every image in advertising and editorial, what clients are buying. The fantasy's gone. It's now the consumer wants a reality. The consumer wants to believe that they can be that person. They don't want to wish that, that one day they might be that person. So I think that the energy and the direction of a model has softened a lot in the last couple of years, maybe with the movement of Me Too and what we've come to learn about parts of our industry, parts of Hollywood and men taking advantage of their roles i don't think it's i don't you know we've been given bodies we've been given tools we should be allowed to use them and i'm not against shooting a, a lady a woman a man naked as long as they're comfortable with it and i think some of my best work are nude pictures and some of my model friends the best pictures they've had taken of them are my nude pictures and i think it all comes down to communication transparency and what you're trying to achieve showing references, showing mood boards. But then when you're on set, it's about making that model feel totally comfortable, feel totally safe. Lighting that is going to complement them, that is going to empower them. I like women to show emotions, show a bit of vulnerability, show a bit of strength, show something within an image. And you can only get that out of them if the model is 
feeding in a safe environment where it's just them, just the camera. I will get rid of hair. I'll get rid of makeup. I will shut the doors and block off the set. So it's literally that model and me. I'm using their body. And when it comes to editing pictures, I respect what they like as well. I want them to like the images and therefore I want them to feel comfortable in the way that I've shot them. I really respect the relationship I have with these models and respect them as women and men and respect their bodies and how they wish to be shown. I would try and push the image in a certain direction. And if they don't like it, that's something that I have to respect. But it comes down to how safe that model feels and how comfortable they feel. And that is the responsibility of a photographer. Do you think that this industry is keeping their respect to everyone? I'm sorry, I'm taking totally different direction, but... Don't worry, I think it's a really interesting topic and I think it's a topic that I've had lots of debates about over dinners and over drinks with friends and people in the industry and I think we're at a very sad time and what the movement that's happening now is tricky. The hardest thing is that we're trying to go back in time and recorrect a way and a movement that hasn't been okay but hasn't been spoken about. Nothing in the past about has been okay And I think it's because models, women, men have kept their mouths shut out of fear for such a long time. I don't think it's necessarily right to now point your fingers at every man or every male photographer that shoots nudes. And what we're trying to do is change the way people think from the past to make sure things like that don't happen in the future. It's a time that has given opportunity to young photographers. It's a time that has given opportunity to a huge breakthrough of amazing, talented female photographers which 10 years ago, there wasn't that many female photographers you know, True. In, in the fashion industry. And now you've got some amazing photographers coming through. And maybe they were given that opportunity because of the movement where a lot of, I know lingerie companies now that only want to work with women. And I think that's amazing. It gives people an opportunity. Why should sex define your talent? It shouldn't. So it's, uh, I feel like we're on an equal playing field, which is, which is nice. I'm thinking about the latest episode, which was with Amber Gray. Uh -huh. She is actually shooting a lot of fantasy work. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So if you don't know her, maybe you should meet. <laughs> yeah, it's one of these things. Women sometimes feel more comfortable being shot by a woman. I think sex doesn't matter. And I would love to be chosen because somebody likes my work, not because I have a penis or a vagina you know i think <laughs> i think that's that, that's what it comes down to i'm excited when there's i'm up in, you know up for jobs where there's women photographers and i don't think you should have a right on who shoots the images i think the client should say i love this guy's work i love this lady's work let's work with them it should be your, your work should speak for itself rather than the person behind it sometimes absolutely most of your work especially on your website do you actually want to mention your website Yeah, you can go and check out my website. <laughs> This is, feels strange. My, my, my website is matt, M-A-T-T, matteastonstudio.com. And it's linked in the show notes just as usual. So guys, you know where to click. So on your website, most of your work is actually black and white. Yeah, I wanted to be a photographer when I was about seven years old and I was in the back of my mum's car And I remember looking up and seeing uh, Calvin Klein, Kate and Marky Mark, uh, that iconic poster for their CK1, their boxer briefs. And it was amazing. And it totally inspired me, whether it was the sex, whether it was the taboo, whether it was the black and white imagery. Since that day, I've always kind of been inspired or 
interested in iconic photography, photography that lasts forever. A picture from a story could be still relevant in, in 20 years' time. And I think there's a quality about black and white that just gives that extra bit of timelessness or it puts it into a world of art in a way that I think color doesn't necessarily go to. Color is very, it's like fashion. Color changes regularly. People will change the cyans or the saturations or the pinks and push color in different directions. Before Instagram, nothing was saturated. Now everything's really highly saturated. Because of Instagram, that saturation maybe looks like it's gone into a really commercial world. Whereas I think something like black and white is timeless. So I like black and white. I love, I love black and white. I love black and white pictures on my wall more than I love colors. I always shoot in color and I will then try and push things and see what direction it works best for the picture. But do you think that it's just enough to turn a regular photo into black and white? And if not, what makes a really amazing, really stunning photograph? No, I think different lighting complements different directions. There's lots of times where I've shot something in black, you know, for a black and white light, and the editor has wanted to see it in color. There's lots of occasions where you can accommodate that. For example, there's some pictures that I have taken in black and white, which I lit specifically to be in black and white because I know that that light will complement a black and white picture. I know that it wouldn't complement a color picture. So you set yourself up for a direction that you want to go. And if a fashion editor or the magazine wants to see something in color or in black and white, the opposite of what you've done, you often give them that freedom of changing that image. But there's some images where I stick to my guns because you light it specifically for black and white. It's just knowing where you want to go before you start. That's very cool because not everyone knows that you need specific light for black and white. Yeah. How did you learn this lesson? I mean, it's I, I worked with masters for many years, so I've been trained. <laughs> you would photograph a 20-year-old differently to the way you would photograph a 50-year-old. You would photograph an actress differently to, way, to the way you would photograph a model. Let's help the people. Okay. Let's give them specific examples. So if you're shooting black and white, yeah. what would you do differently from shooting a color photo? Black and white, I tend to like more in a natural daylight. The sun is an amazing gift. And I think there's lots of light. That if you look at a photographer like Peter Lindbergh, he's made his whole career by shooting daylight. True. And it's so soft and romantic and beautiful. And the women that he photographs, uh, they're actresses, they're a little bit, they've got a little bit of character. They're not 20-year-old models, Kate Mosses or Kate Winslets. You know, you're looking at actresses who have character, and I think he knows that that light suits them. Whereas if you've got somebody who looks younger, you know that flash is going to complement their skin because there's not going to be the character on their skin to emphasize shadows. That's how you can work light based around models and it's the same as color if you're in a scenario where you're outside and you know that you've got this really soft beautiful light it will look amazing in black and white or if you're in a studio and you're doing a beauty shot and you know that it's got to be in color and you've got this really smooth skin and this beautiful face in front of you you know that flash is really going to complement that meaning that it will be able to transition easier into color and you mentioned the difference between model and an actress What do you do differently when you shoot an actress? You're employing a model to evolve into something, a character, a story, 
it's that model's job to do that to the best of her ability. Um, when you're shooting an actress or a celebrity, you're shooting them for who they are and what they've already achieved. And it's very rare that you will make a celebrity into something that isn't them. True. So you talk to them in different ways um, because they have different backgrounds. An actress is usually on a movie set, so understands things in it's a completely different um, creative field. So they understand the language is different, the equipment is different, the times are different, the hair and makeup is different. And when they step into a fashion world, things are different. I usually like sitting down with them in the morning, having a coffee, uh, making sure they feel comfortable, going through the procedure of the day, showing them references, letting them know that if they need anything, that I'm the guy or my assistant or the producer that's there to help them out. Whereas a model is a lot more used to it. So they're, they're in straight into hair and makeup. They've got their eye mask on, their jet lag. They've been flying around the world left, right and center for different shoots. They will do anything because they know that that's what is required of them. So it's just very different fields. But I think now as well, it's a little bit trickier because there's not such a big gap anymore. Lots of celebrities are doing more, more editorial work because it's what viewers and consumers want to see. They want to see a recognizable face. So the boundaries are, are, are blurring a little bit more. That's true. And also many photographers are going on the different direction where they're also showing themselves as influencers. Yes, and we'll continue that topic next Wednesday when we'll be back with the second part of our interview. If you are hungry for more, go to photographypodcast.net and check all of our previous episodes. There, we are also publishing some of our guests' work so you can have like a little sneak peek. If you've learned something from today's podcast and you want to support us, please consider becoming our sponsor. It's very easy to do it, especially on Patreon. And you have different options there. So even if you think a dollar a month is not much, for us, it means the world. In addition to that, in exchange of your donation, you receive some great perks. If you want to check them out, just go to patreon.com slash photography podcast. Again, patreon.com slash photography podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to us today. It was super big pleasure to be with you. And I cannot wait to see you on Wednesday. <laughs>